the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Wednesday morning to you. It is October 25th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Well, I made the change, did something last night that, uh, I mean, it's it's means the transition into the fall and the winter months. This okay. is really the sign of this happening. What'd you do? Brought out the flannel jammies. Yeah. <laughs> it was cold last night. It was cold last night, I know. It was indeed. Coming in this morning, it was when I stepped out, it's like, hoo, hoo, hoo. It's, uh, it's feeling like, definitely feeling like fall right now, so... Uh, yeah, so the, the the flannel jammies are out, so okay. they're, they're ready. Flannel jammies and your little bunny slippers. My little bunny slippers I have. They're ready to go. <laughs> so, uh, yep, that's uh, that's the start of it all right there. I did notice, yes, last night I did kind of wake up in the night, and I realized that Scott had turned on our little area, um, our room heater. Yeah, right. Just kind of a little radiator heater, sure. just so that way we don't turn on the whole heat. Yeah. He knows that I get cold at night, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's chilly. I think uh, before the weekend hits, I'm going to put that extra blanket on my side mm-hmm. of the bed. Whoa, I, have you seen the forecast? Oh, You're going to need it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're talking about down possibly freezing, like down to 32. Into the 30s. In, into the, yeah. Definitely into the 30s. Like Friday night, 34 is the forecast. Ooh. So so they're talking some frost on the pumpkin. Okay. So, frost on. I got to get those pumpkins worked up yeah. this weekend. Uh, and snow in the passes. Snow in the passes. So I was going to mention that. I looked before we came in here on the webcams up mm-hmm. on the uh, trip check. So if you're traveling, always you can check the webcams on trip check. And yeah, the snow was a fallen. So it was still kind of dark, so you couldn't get a real exactly. good read. But I was looking at the one webcam on the Saniam Pass, and you could see the snow falling through the mm. camera lens. And so then I went up more toward Mount Hood, and you could see snow on the roadways there. So they're saying definitely a couple inches or more already. So yeah, be prepared if you plan any traveling through the Cascades, definitely uh, be prepared. And maybe even the Coast Range, too. I, I'm not quite sure. I didn't look at any Coast Range webcams. But, yeah, it's that time of year. Okay. Well, we, we'll be ready for it. It is still very dark out, too. Yeah. I am ready for us to make this time change. It's just too late. It needs to happen in October. Well, it's happening November 4th, 5th. So that's still... Saturday, Sunday. Uh, in a week. In a week. Yeah, not this weekend. Not this weekend, not next this weekend. weekend. So next I know. Weekend. That kind of happens. Look how dark it is. I 7 know. o'clock. It's pitch black outside. Kids are going to school in the dark. I don't like that as yeah, a mom. Yeah, that's true. So when it switches back, it'll get lighter in the morning. Exactly. It'll still be kind of dark depending on what time you get up. But like for us, I don't know. That's a good question. Will it still be dark for us? Oh. Yeah. You know, oh you, well, you sure. I mean, so in a, in a week on the, when we do the time change, you won't be awake because you'll be sleeping, and because <laughs> you say, will be officially kind of a, unemployed. It's kind of a moot point for <laughs> me, but for you, yeah. So this would be six o'clock right now. Yeah, and looking out the window. 
it, it ain't light out. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. So so, so we'll be going to yeah to work Fall in the back. dark still. Uh, we're gonna be falling back, and then yeah, you're gonna be driving home 4:30, and the sun's setting, and by mm-hmm. five o'clock it's dark again. Yeah, that's the other side of that. So they still haven't figured out whether or not they're going to keep the time in one in one direction, yeah, one or, the direction other. or the other. You of I have always advocated for standard time. Just stay on standard yeah. time. That's and, right. But the, the movement has always been for daylight savings time. I don't time. know why. And I don't, I, don't, I don't get that. I really don't. I, <laughs> I like the standard and, time. And apparently from what the newscasters and people were saying, we don't even need the act of Congress to do that. We as a state can just vote. Yeah. We are going to stay on standard time and we can do that. Yeah. To stay on standard time, not yes. daylight time. Not daylight. And if we See, want to stay on daylight saving times, then we've got to get an act of Congress. We don't even have a House speaker. How are we going to get anything done? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> well, let's just stay standard time. Let's just do yeah. it. Come on, let's, Oregon. I think, you know, the, uh, the our body clocks, I think, are standard time body clocks. I That's, can't agree yeah, with you more. Yeah. So uh, the daylight savings times was something that they did, you know, I don't know how long ago, but... David, you know what it needs is somebody with a lot of time on their hands to <laughs> take up right. this initiative down to Salem. All right, that's going to be my goal. <laughs> In your Standard time. Yes. Do it for the do it for Modern Day Radio. <laughs> that's it exactly. So, what do you have coming up this morning? Oh, David, this is a really um, kind of shocking. New details about the Evergreen High School lockdown from last week. They're coming out. The situation much more perilous than what we were hearing. Mm, Okay, look forward to hearing about that. And uh, we're going to talk about something very important in the second news segment. Okay. Halloween (gasps) candy. So the uh, surveys Mm. came out of the top candies. Nobody Uh, asked me. Well, they they didn't need to because they went by bulk sales. They go by, they they grab the sales numbers from every state. So we'll tell you what the top candy was nationally In Oregon and in Washington. Okay. So there you go. Stay tuned for that. I'll tell you if they were right. Okay. (laughs) We got a great show ahead for you on this Wednesday morning. Here is Leanna Crawford. How can you not? And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. I see the sunrise in the morning and a million stars at night. I hear the birds, they can't stop singing. I see his goodness when I fall down And his grace that picks me up Every day I can't stop singing Hallelujah How can you
Leanna Crawford, and how can you not? It is 7.09 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's David and Brenda with you on this chilly and damp October morning. Did you hear it raining last night? It came down pretty good at our house. Uh, I did not hear it, no. Yeah. I was uh, very tired, recovering, <laughs> yes. catching up on my sleep from That's my good. wild I'm, weekend in SoCal. I'm, I'm glad you did. Well, you know, it is chilly and damp out there, which makes you think about, you know, kind of nice to move into maybe some indoor sports, okay, such as basketball. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which we're going to talk about with the Catholic Youth Organization. Jenna Bass joins us right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and Parish in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a nonprofit religious entity committed to providing superior, compassionate, life affirming health care to patients of all ages. We are looking for an experienced medical assistant who is passionate about our mission of respecting the dignity of each person, mind, body, and spirit. If you or someone you know is looking to make a difference, please contact Holy Family Catholic Clinic by sending an email to nelson at holyfamilyclinic.com. Mater Dei Radio is in prayerful pursuit of a Catholic media all-star. Are you passionate about engaging others into a joyful encounter with Jesus Christ? You could be our next show host and media producer. 
This full-time position leads the planning, promotion, and execution of outstanding dynamic Catholic programming across multiple platforms, including the Hail Mary Media app. Matri Radio offers you competitive pay, medical, dental, and vision insurance, a retirement account with a company match, and unique chances for spiritual growth and development. Could a spot on our evangelization team be the right place for you? Don't wait. Get all the details on this exciting opportunity now and find out how to apply at MatraDayRadio.com. That's MatraDayRadio.com to learn more. You could be our next show host and media producer, helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Matraday Radio. It is 7.13 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, things have cooled way down oh, and yeah. more rain falling today. Up in the mountains, there's the first major snowstorm of the year. Snow levels down to about 3,500 feet, they say. Valleys and coastal areas going to see more scattered downpours today and then uh, tapering off into showers. So the highs today going to stay in the upper 40s. Wow. That's chill. Might hit 50 degrees All in right. some areas. Then overnight showers begin to break up. Low temperature dropping to 43 degrees. Then tomorrow, partly sunny. Highs back to the lower 50s. You know, the mountains are going to look really beautiful because oh, they've yeah. been pretty barren. But when the clouds clear this weekend and you get a look at them, I bet you they're going to be really white. I with hope new snow. so. Yeah. It's currently 48 degrees at the Madeline Church in Portland. And it is 47 degrees at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Vancouver. It's Faith in Action. Time to check in with the Catholic Youth Organization. And it is about time to hit the hardwood as the Portland Area Catholic Youth Organization, Camp Howard, tips off another basketball season. Joining Monterey Radio this morning with all the details is CYO's Director of Communications, Jenna Bass. Hey, good morning, Jenna. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. And first of all, let me say congratulations. It sounds like it was another very successful Champions of Faith benefit dinner. It was. It was It was absolutely wonderful. Laura Tennant gave a great speech. It was so much fun seeing so many people. Uh, yes, so once again, it was it was just a great evening. Yeah, always a wonderful event, and again, raises money for scholarships for uh, student-athletes that want to attend some of uh, CYO's sports programs, such as basketball, which is about ready to get started. Let me ask you first, though, now volleyball, is is that wrapping up? Did it wrap up? Where are we at with volleyball right now? Uh, so volleyball this Saturday is week six, um, which means that we will begin seeding for the tournament, Ooh. and the tournament um, will end on November 19th, so it runs like... November 11th through the 19th. So, yes, it's towards the end of it. Ah, that's fantastic. I loved, when my daughters played volleyball, I loved the tournaments, season-ending tournaments. Those were so fun and exciting, and I got to tell you, (laughs) nail-biting, too. (laughs) It is. Yes, they're a lot of fun, and I think the best part is, you know, I've been now at CYO for quite a few years and just seen kind of the progression of teams and, uh, you know, you see them start as third graders and then where they end up as eighth graders. It's just, it's so much fun. Yeah, see, and that was the other thing, too, is my daughters played, you know, right on through those grades. Mm-hmm. 
you saw the same teams and you saw the development of the players on the other team, not only your own players, your own team, but the other players too. And so it was fun to see that development of the, of the players over the course of time. And it was like, as they got better. And again, you got to that eighth grade tournament and man, it was, (laughs) it was competitive. Oh, it was definitely. Um, Those games are, they're just so much fun to watch them. And, these uh, girls are, they're so, they're just fabulous players that understand the game. And the coaches, my yeah. goodness, the coaches are just as good. And many, and many of the players, too, I mean, they went on to play at the high school level, really good players at the high school level. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Well, exciting, yep, exciting time, and uh, we were we were joking about uh, as we drove in this morning. I think we're ready to move into indoor sports <laughs> with the with the weather the way it is right now. But basketball, a great CYO sport. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but does bas- CYO basketball draw the largest numbers of any sport that CYO does? It does. Yes, you know we offer basketball first grade through high school, so it definitely and boys and girls. So you know it's definitely our biggest sport yeah how many how many what, what are the numbers like um i would say probably over three thousand wow. uh, by the time you do the hot shots the winter hot shots the grade school and the high school um probably closer to four thousand it's that, a big sport that is amazing yeah and and i know it takes a lot of people to put this together a lot of volunteers <laughs> coaches, officials, scorekeepers. I mean, it really is a big community effort when you talk about the numbers that play CYO basketball. So where are we at now with basketball? Registration underway. Yep, registration is open for our clubs, and people can go on to our website, which is cyocampower.org, find their club that they want to play, and um, register right there. We also have scholarships that are available for um, anyone who may need it. Excellent. Again, speaking with Jenna Bass, she is the Director of Communications for CYO Camp Howard here in the greater Portland area. So let's talk about the different levels of basketball right now. Uh, What are the the levels and and kind of the season for each level? So our youngest level is called Hot Shots, and we actually offer this both in the fall and the winter, but our winter um, numbers are the biggest. And our winter hot shots, like I said, are first and second graders, boys and girls. They are co-ed teams with a mixture of grades. And that season runs, um, for all of our basketball teams, they can begin practice on November 20th. And for hot shots, their first game is in December, and then it will pick up in January. And then for our, our next level is our third through eighth grade basketball. And same thing, those Practices can begin November 20th, and um, their first game is the first weekend in January, which is uh, January 6th. And then for high school, um, we have two different leagues. So there's a 9-10 league and 11-12 league, and that one, their first game is in December, and then it'll pick back up in January. And for all of these, we do offer an end-of-season tournament, and that is dependent. It's either in, uh, runs the end of, February through March for all of those. Uh, that's great. So all the different levels there. If uh, parents are thinking about having their kids sign up, and uh, you can you can again go on the website cyocamphoward.org and get all of the details about registration, how to do it, all of. I, and I'm assuming too, all the dates are posted there as well. Absolutely. Yes. Um, each club practices 
you know, they practice on different days and different times. So depending on your grade, they would have to contact their athletic director. But for, yes, but the games are listed. We do have a calendar on our website that does have all these dates as well. Excellent. So I wanted to say, again, I mentioned this earlier, talking about all the help that is needed to uh, operate CYO basketball, and some of that involves basketball officials. And so these are hired positions, correct? That is correct. It is a uh, great, great job for high school students in particular. Um, Both of my girls were uh, basketball officials, and they primarily do their games on Saturday. Um, Most officials will work anywhere between two and four games. And like I said, it's on Saturdays. So, you know, most people don't have much going on during the day in terms of homework. And so they can go earn a little bit of extra money and um, get some work experience as well. That's wonderful. And again, details as far as wanting to be official on the website? Yes. Yes. And there it'll say referee opportunities and it's in our sports section. Excellent. And I see here, too, from some of the notes that you sent me that there are a couple of training sessions that uh, you can go to or you have to go to as part of this. Yes, yes. So the first one is um, November 5th or November 19th, and both of those are Sundays. And then there is a jamboree that we do in December, and that's for the 3rd through 8th grade basketball teams. And the first weekend for that is December 2nd, I believe, and um, which is a Saturday. And we ask that all new officials be able to um, work on that day as well, because those are mini games. And so it's a great way to kind of take what you learned in training and apply that to a real game situation. Right. Excellent. Again, so a great opportunity for high schoolers out there looking to make some money and participate in really a wonderful sport, CYO basketball. Go to the website, CYO camphoward.org not only to register your kids for the basketball program but again if you're interested in being an official all the details there as well jenna bass is the director of communications for cyo camp howard jenna great to talk with you thank you for all the information always love talking with you thank you so much yes thank you for giving us this opportunity have a good rest of your day thank you you as well thank you it is 722 here at mater day radio Oh, I love basketball uh, season. I wish that I wish that Christian would have started sooner. Yeah. His friends invited him to join the team uh, his eighth grade year. Yeah, and it was so much fun. It's a great time. It really was, and so but they build those skills, and so just a few years, and and they were great. Unfortunately, though, COVID shut down their undefeated uh, year. They yeah. were headed to the championships. That's I think too bad. Yeah, yeah, I coached all the years of my daughters, and it, it just loved it. Had a yeah. great time. Oh, great. Well, definitely check that that out. Now you can listen to that information again that Jenna and David just had in that conversation by well, checking out the podcast at matradayradio.com. I will also include a link that'll get you right to CYO basketball signups. There you'll also be able to find those great opportunities for the referee clinics and then, well, again, earn a little extra money and a, a, a great job description to put on a resume. Again, you'll find that link on that podcast of the interview at matradayradio.com. You'll also access it through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com. 
or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, this is Emily Jaminette with a Mother's Moment. My youngest daughter is cute as a button. She's 18 months old and a great little example of Christian love. But she has a funny little habit. She loves her belly button and wants access to it at all times. Whenever she's sad, she just touches her little belly button and starts to smile. This silly game got me thinking about the message this young child was revealing. Could the Holy Spirit be using her to remind us of our physical evidence of our own nine-month journey in our mother's womb? What a gift it is to think of ourselves as our mother's daughters, despite how old we are now. In Jeremiah 1.5, it states, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. Amazingly, we have physical evidence of how we started out as children of a previous generation and how our Lord knew us before we were formed and loved us. God willing, we'll be able to continue that cycle of love for generations to come. When we take time out to see ourselves as once little children, it will develop our hearts to be more tender towards others, and we will be better able to live out the fourth commandment of honoring our mother and father. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, please help us to spend time reflecting on how we are children of God by being our mother's daughters. Amen. And may we be a light in this world by reflecting on the gift of life. season comes football and tailgating and there's no better way to score a touchdown than by passing that old vehicle of yours to Mater Day Radio. We're happy to accept your donation of a car, truck, van, RV, or boat. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you. Not only that, you are joining a winning team that's supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast. So score some points by checking out our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. Lattes and cappuccinos may be tasty, but it's the morning blend with David and Brenda that will get your day started right on Mater Day Radio. 726 at Mater Day Radio, and a huge hurricane hits Acapulco. It's a big surprise. I mean, they didn't see it coming, really. We'll have the details for you in the news. And new details about the Evergreen High School lockdown are coming out. The situation much more perilous than first thought. I'll have that story for you coming out. Uh, coming up in three minutes, here is Dan Francis, no other name. You are listening to The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Dan Francis and no other name. It is 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this morning, new data from the Vatican shows that Africa added the greatest number of Catholics in 2021 out of all the continents and that all the world's continents registered at least a modest increase in the number of Catholics in 2021 except for Europe, which continued a years-long decline. The annual report released October 22nd by the Vatican's Fides News Agency on the occasion of World Mission Sunday covers one-year time period from December 31st, 2020 to December 31st, 2021. Catholics in the world numbered 1,375,800,000. 52,000 people at the end of 2021 with an overall increase of 16.2 million people compared with the previous year. Now, African continent gained 40 million people in that time frame studied, 8.3 million of whom are Catholic. And the world's percentage of Catholics decreased very slightly compared with the previous year, standing at 17.67% in 2021. Now, worldwide, the total number of priests dropped by 2,347 to approximately 408,000 priests Hmm. worldwide. Now, Europe suffered the largest drop with 
3,632 fewer priests from the previous year. Now, balancing out that loss, however, it was a net gain of more than 1,500 priests in Africa and about half that many in Asia. The Americas lost nearly 1,000 priests, and Oceania recorded a small gain of less than a dozen. Well, Hurricane Otis has slammed into Acapulco in southern Mexico early this morning after the storm rapidly intensified into a Category 5 just before landfall and gave officials and residents little time to prepare. Otis strengthened from a tropical storm to an extremely dangerous Category 5 hurricane in just 12 hours. That's amazing. It's Yeah, it's incredible. Wow. Before hitting Acapulco as the strongest storm on record in this area and the Pacific coast of Mexico. The sudden burst of power gave people little time to prepare and get to safety as Otis bore down on Acapulco, a popular tourist destination that's also a permanent home to roughly 800,000 people. As Otis kept strengthening as it neared the coast, forecasters at the National Hurricane Center warned that a nightmare scenario is unfolding. There are no hurricanes on record, even close to this intensity, for this part of Mexico, the Hurricane Center said late Tuesday. I, I didn't wasn't even aware that this storm was forming, and then boom, all of a sudden, yeah, it just hurricane. blew up. Yeah. So they're saying that this is happening more and more with uh, the climate change. Is that these storms are intensifying so quickly that it's giving little warning, and so. Yeah, I haven't seen any I- images from Acapulco yet because it happened this morning. So, you know, boy, we'll see. Mm. A spokesperson for Evergreen Public Schools confirmed Tuesday afternoon that the teenage suspect arrested with a firearm on school grounds last Thursday was in fact a student at Evergreen High School and that he had been in the school building before the shooting Thursday. Parents and community members in Evergreen are criticizing the district's communication of information on on Thursday and in the days that followed a shooting in McKenzie Stadium parking lot, which forced prolonged lockdowns at Evergreen High School and Cascade Middle School. Nobody, thank goodness, praise God, was injured. A release shared by Vancouver Police Department Thursday afternoon previously said that the suspect was arrested, not believed to be a student at the school. Information shared by the school district as lockdowns began had not specified where the shooting had taken place. As the scene unfolded, some parents said they were relying on information from their children regarding what had really happened and that emails from the district obscured what had happened and whether it was on school grounds. No initial communication from the school district said they believe the shooter was not an Evergreen High School student, and in fact, he was. Now, the 16-year-old student was arrested on suspicion of first-degree assault, second-degree unlawful possession of a firearm, and possession of a deadly weapon on school grounds. The probable cause affidavit for the arrest stated that he had fired multiple rounds from an illegally possessed handgun at two other students in the direction of Evergreen High School. While no one was hit, several reports detailed staff and students running towards the school and hearing bullets in Mm. the air. Uh, From what I've also been reading to a lot of Facebook posts to the Evergreen School District, calling for police to be back on campus on on just a a perpetual basis. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, dozens of states, including Oregon and Washington, sued Instagram parent Meta on Tuesday, accusing the social media giant of harming young users' mental health through allegedly addictive features such as infinite news feeds and frequent notifications that demand users' constant attention. In a federal lawsuit filed in California by 33 attorneys general, the states allege that Meta's products have harmed minors and contributed to a mental health crisis in the United States. In regards to the lawsuit, New York Attorney General Letitia James said Meta has profited from children's pain by intentionally designing its platforms with manipulative features that make children addictive to their platforms while lowering their self-esteem. Now, Meta says that it is working to provide teens with a safe and positive online experience and that it is providing dozens of tools to do so. Please, please, parents, if you're listening to that report, that is exactly what I talked to Sister Marisa Weber. She came out for the White Mass. She talked a whole lot about Internet addiction and young minds. Uh, She was very, very knowledgeable on that. Mm. Now, one suspect, David, has been arrested after Oregon State University reported Tuesday afternoon a bomb threat related to its robot food delivery system. Hey, don't do that. The robots were isolated to a safe location where a technician expected them and no explosive devices were found, according to a news release. Around 1.40 p.m., OSU tweeted that the emergency is over and people can resume normal activities while the robots are being inspected. The university had advised everyone on campus to avoid the robots and not open them. The robots wheel their way around campus, delivering food orders to student staff or faculty who order food on the Starship app. OSU tweeted around 1 p.m. that the robots were being remotely isolated in a safe location and a technician began investigating them soon after. Now, in 2020, OSU introduced the new food delivery system with an initial fleet of 20 delivery robots from Starship Technologies and dozens more have been added. So I'm down for the game. Those things are so amazing. Are they they're really? Just, you see them? You know, all over the place. Really? They're cruising down the sidewalk. They'll, you'll hear something behind you and you'll turn around and here's this little robot guy cruising down the sidewalk. And so you just move out of its way and it continues on its merry way. Heading to its destination. Look, I bet you they've made a whole lot of money from that. Just because people want to get food from a yeah. robot, not necessarily hungry. Abs- 100%. If I find that I'm going down there, I'm going to get that app yeah. and order some food just because. Pretty amazing. The new look Portland Trailblazers open the regular season tonight on the road at the Los Angeles Clippers. Tip-off at 7.30, televised on Root Sports. Of course, the Blazers will be without their longtime all-star guard, Damian Lillard, who was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks just days before the preseason got underway. Portland opens the regular season at home. That'll be on Friday evening against the Orlando Magic. So I have no idea how the Blazers are going to do this year. they got a lot of new players. Young team. Uh, hopefully they're exciting to watch, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens without Damian Lillard. Uh, hey, the World Series is set. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going uh. to be the Arizona Diamondbacks okay. against the Texas Rangers. That'll start on uh, Friday, the first game of the World Series. So Arizona beat the Philadelphia Phillies last night in Game 7, 
four to two. That was in Philadelphia. The key this year, don't play a home don't game. Don't play at home. Yeah. You're not going to win. Just just play on the road because that's all that's winning are the road teams. And that happened again last night as the Arizona Diamondbacks advanced. They haven't been to the World Series um, in 22 years. So uh, welcome back, Arizona. And we'll see what happens there. The other interesting thing about this World Series, both Arizona and the Texas Rangers, they came in as wild card teams. Really? Yeah. So which one of them has the 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 advantage? Who's going to get uh, Game Seven? Yeah, well, I think uh, I think Texas. Okay. Yeah. So right. Diamondbacks are sure to win. Is that <laughs> yeah, what we're saying yeah, exactly. now? Exactly. At his last general audience, Pope Francis called for a day of fasting and prayer on this coming Friday, October 27th. Now, one woman who has responded to the Pope's call is Teresa Rodriguez, the founder of an initiative called. The Rosary Team, in which volunteers pray the rosary with elder care facility residents. Rodriguez has asked the Rosary Team volunteer to offer this week's rosaries for the Pope's intention when praying at the various facilities they serve. She is also encouraging everyone to visit a loved one in assisted living facilities to pray the rosary with them. Rodriguez told Alatea, praying with the residents who are sometimes forgotten in assisted living facilities has a tremendous spiritual impact on the lives of both the resident and the volunteer. The Rosemary te- Rosary Team volunteer, she said, ministers to residents' souls and in return receive an abundance of joy. Now, this initiative began in 2019 when Teresa was working as a hospice nurse in a memory care facility located in Boulder, Colorado. Along with their patients and their families and caregivers, Rodriguez began to recognize spiritual needs that were not being met within the system. Prayer and reflection led her to found the Rosary Team, which she dedicated to Our Lady and to her mother, Marion, who prayed the Rosary with Rodriguez and her four brothers, every day when they were growing up. Now, volunteers from local parishes began coming to the facility to lead a rosary once a week. That eventually became three days a week. And then the initiative spread to other facilities. There are now 230 volunteers serving 100 locations, most of them in the Archdiocese of Denver. Growing teams have those sprung up in Ohio and Texas. The Rosary team anticipates expanding to other states as well in the near future. Anyone interested in volunteering or starting a team in a new location is invited to contact the Rosary team. They also have large print Rosary pamphlets on their website along with a donation page. She believes that Pope Francis' call to pray for peace this Friday is a reminder that the need for prayer, particularly through the Rosary, is urgent and universal. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this is the last week of the Winter Warmth Drive. Catholic Community Services of Lane County is having a Winter Warmth Drive to provide its neighbors in need with hats, scarves, jackets, gloves, blankets, and socks, all free of charge ahead of this winter season. That is happening to the end of October. And Lane County residents can bring their donations of winter clothing to drop-off barrels in Eugene Street. Springfield and Venita. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. What do we have coming up for our next interview? Hey, Father Dan joining us with Dana Marie. He's going to praise God. All right. After the forecast. 
Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. 7.45 at Modern Day Radio. Going to be a rainy day today. High of 47, chilly day. 20% chance of showers tonight, low of 42. Then 20% chance of showers on Thursday with a high of 52. Currently 46 degrees at Holy Rosary Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 43 degrees at Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Cottage Grove. Good morning. This is Dina Marie with a Franciscan moment on Mater Dei Radio. On October 4th, the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi, Pope Francis released his latest apostolic exhortation entitled Laudato Deum to all people of goodwill on the climate crisis. As a follow-up to his encyclical letter, Laudato Si, written eight years ago, in this document, the Holy Father shares his heartfelt concerns about the care for our common home. With me today to help us unpack the Holy Father's document and to talk about these issues that impact every human life is Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit. Father Dan, welcome back once again. Well, good to, good to be with you again, and uh, I always enjoy our conversations. They, uh, they tend to do a little bit of a deep dive into some really good subjects. Yes. Well, last time we were talking, we were anticipating the release of this letter, and it has been released. And this is called an apostolic exhortation. The Laudato Si, eight years ago, was a encyclical. So these are different kinds of documents that the Holy Father can present to the people. Uh, we got it on October 4th. It's a little bit lengthy, about 73 paragraphs. And it's specifically, uh, he says that he is particularly wanting to bring about these concerns he has for the current issues we face. Maybe just some of your first initial reactions as you started to look at the document, Laudato Deum. Oh, and this means, let's talk about that, praise God, right? Right, right. And it's in Latin this time. Uh, Laudato Si is, um, that's... uh, dialect Italian, and Laudate Deum is Latin. So it's an apostolic letter, and it's an apostolic letter because he makes very clear it's meant as a supplement to the previous encyclical. So it's it's not to, it's coming in almost as an addendum to what he had previously written to. They're meant to go together, in other words. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, because the, the obviously things are moving quickly on this front, and he wanted to address the quick developments that are coming. Well, and he opens the letter 
Praise God for all his creatures. This was the message that St. Francis of Assisi proclaimed in his life, his canticles and his actions. So there's this thread. Um, Where did you find the threads of St. Francis in this kind of part two, uh, Laudato Deum? Well, I think that's exactly it right there in the title itself, Laudate Deum, we're praising God by way of his creatures. You know, the um, in, in if you if you think of uh, going to God as a ladder, the first rung on the ladder is going to be visible creation because it's a book we can read that speaks to us of the creator. And that that I think is a very important distinguishing mark of Pope Francis's ecology that he takes up from St. Francis, which is this ecology is not a nihilistic ecology. Uh, Secular ecologists, they tend to be nihilistic, and some of them go so radical as to declare that it's better for human beings not to be on earth because we pollute it. And so there's a, there's a, dispensable approach to the human condition like human beings are dispensable we can we can dispense with them and francis of assisi would never think that because nihilism says it's better that human beings don't exist than that they exist because they pollute the world so if we weren't here the world wouldn't be polluted well francis of assisi would never say that and and that's the nihilism at the base of a lot of ecologists today that we can't accept. And it's nothing that Francis ever would accept, because for Francis, human beings are images of God in creation. And Christ came to rehabilitate that image so that we approach creation as a ladder leading to God, as opposed to as an end, like our, our journey ends with creation and we begin to say this is all there is and there is no visible world there is no god there is no uh powerful affirmation that from the creator it is good that you exist none of that is there for for uh, a secular kind of nihilistic ecologist and pope francis that's not the kind of ecology he's peddling here This is based in the evangelical vision of St. Francis, which is, praise be you, my Lord, praise be to you, Heavenly Father, for all the good that I behold within creation. That's powerful. That's a very powerful affirmation of the good of creation, but it's coming from God's image in creation, and that's each one of us who is so valuable that our Lord died for each one of us. And so we're not expendable. Uh, we're not, we, we don't want to do sort of a widespread population control so that uh, we, we, we somehow rid ourselves of human beings as a way of cleaning up the environment. Well, that doesn't make sense. Right. Well, and it's interesting, Father Dan, that you talk about the image, that we're in the image and likeness of God. Just recently in the gospel message, we we heard that coin, whose image is on the coin? It's Caesar's. And so pay to Caesar what is Caesar's and pay to God what belongs to God. So if we are in that image, we our whole creation is God's. We, we reflect the creator 
and so have a responsibility to care for that creation. Absolutely. And, and you know, that's one of the reasons why God prohibits us to make images of him, because he's already done it in creating us. We're his image already. He's already created an image of himself in creation. And that's men and women created in his image who have this dignity as a result. But see, if we lose sight of the creator, if we lose sight of God, we lose sight of ourselves as well. And therefore, our dignity becomes compromised because we don't see each other as God's image anymore, worthy of honor, reverence, and respect in justice. I'm not even getting to love at this point. I'm just talking about in justice, we owe each other reverence, honor, respect by the simple fact that we are God's image in creation. And that's something that we lose sight of when we lose sight of God. And that begins to bring about a, a lack of an appreciation of oneself and one's own dignity, my neighbor and his and her dignity. And then that begins to then reflect on the whole environment as well. And we start to not appreciate the and value the creation that's around us. Then we start polluting it, misusing it. And see, the grace of our baptism is really the remedy for all of that because it restores us to our appreciation of our own value and the value of our neighbor and the value of our common home. And see, this is what Pope Francis is after is in Christ, we have the healing of human nature and our appreciation of the dignity of the human person so that then we begin to honor and respect our home as well, you know. And that becomes very important that we accept that grace of Christ, therefore, to appreciate our value and worth. That's right. Father Dan Petit is with us today as we're just getting a glimpse at the latest apostolic exhortation from Pope Francis released on the Feast of St. Francis in October, Laudato Deum. And how would you describe kind of the spirit or the voice of Pope Francis in this particular document? Overall, I believe he's maintained the hopeful view of Francis overall. I, I, you know, there is that, that there is throughout the document, I, I found at least this affirmation of the good of creation. And, but, but what that has led him to as well, and it did this in Laudato Si, is it also leads him into some dour moments as well, some sad moments, grieving moments. In light of such goodness, look at what we're doing. It's by contrast, though, and what would be possible if we would, if we could just reverse this uh, by way of the grace of Christ. And so there are some other moments in Laudate Deum as well, where the Pope is grieving almost uh, the so with sorrow, like, look what we're doing, uh, and, and look what's happening. I mean, this isn't good, and it, and it may even be irreversible, some of it, he says, you know. And uh, so there's an alarm as well in light of the goodness that's there. It's getting kind of twisted and some of it may even be lost, as he says. Right. Father Dan is with us as we talk about the Holy Father's latest apostolic exhortation. I want to talk a little bit more about how we can really apply this to our own day, our own activities in our own homes. But we're coming up to a break, Father Dan. So hold on and we will continue our conversation in the next half hour.
Sounds good. And it is 7.56 at Mater Day Radio. It's Wednesday. That means Wednesday night. It's Miriam Marston blazing the trails. 7.30 right here on Mater Day Radio. You can get our full programming schedule at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 757 at Mater Day Radio, and what's the favorite Halloween candy in Oregon and Washington? Uh, we'll tell you coming up in the news. All right, and 20 people during the Spanish Civil War would not renounce their faith and were martyred for it, and now... Beatified Saints. I'll tell you about their story coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Alina with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. During the Passion of Christ, Pontius Pilate asked Jesus one simple question, what is truth? Christ prompted this question with the words that are declared absolute for all Christians. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But what does Jesus mean exactly? When we ask this question and intentionally search for the answer, it's impossible not to discover the power of Christ's statement. Chrysanthus discovered this power of truth. He grew up in the third century as the only child of an Alexandrian nobleman in Rome. As expected of such high status, he received the best education money could buy. With his education came exposure to knowledge of all sorts, including the new practiced religion of Christianity. Something tugged on Chrysanthus' heart that made him a pagan by birth, desire to learn more about the strange religion. Figuratively, he began consuming the four written gospels and acts of the apostles, and by the time he finished, he allowed Christ to fully consume his heart. He converted to Christianity and began living in truth. Upon hearing the news of his son's conversion, Chrysanthus' father tried desperately to revert him. Prostitutes were sent to him day after day to hopefully chase away the young man's recent conviction, only to end in strengthening his zeal for Christ. Chrysanthus knew in his heart the newfound truth that couldn't be unclaimed, and went as far as declaring a life of chastity. Definitely not something you want to hear from your only child if you want someone to continue the family name. When concubines couldn't chase him back, his father arranged a marriage with a priestess of the temple to Athena a young, beautiful virgin named Daria. But little did he know this plan would also backfire immediately. After agreeing to the marriage, Chrysanthus shared with Daria his desire to remain chaste, 
To his surprise, she desired the same, and together they began sharing in conversations about Christianity. On their wedding day, Chrysanthus kept his vow of chastity, and Daria converted to Christianity. The emperor began to catch wind of the couple who were beginning to share the gospel and convert large numbers of pagans to Christianity. Out of fear, he had the couple tortured and murdered. They were buried alive in the year 283. We're naturally drawn to truth. Truth breathes life into our existence and will always set us free from the bondage of sin and death. If there's a church teaching that you struggle most with, instead of ignoring it and allowing your faith to become lukewarm, ask, what is the truth? Do a little digging. I promise you'll find your answer and you'll never be disappointed. Let us daily search for truth and discover that it will always point us toward God and his church. St. Chrysanthus, ora pro nobis. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download today our free Hail Mary media app, and you can find all the details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news, the off-duty pilot facing 83 attempted murder charges after he allegedly tried to shut off the engines of a plane Mid-flight on Sunday night, admitted to taking psychedelic mushrooms, new arrest documents claim. Joseph David Emerson, 44, was riding in the cockpit of the plane as an authorized occupant when he unsuccessfully attempted to disrupt the operations of the engines, according to Alaska Airlines. During the police interview, Emerson said he was having a nervous breakdown and hadn't slept for 40 hours and felt dehydrated and tired. He admitted to pulling the handles and said he did it because he thought he was dreaming and just wanted to wake up. Once the airplane made an emergency landing at Portland International Airport, Port of Portland Police put Emerson under arrest. He faces more than 160 state charges, including attempted murder and reckless endangerment. A federal court in Colorado has sided with a Catholic health care clinic in its challenge to a recent state law that forbids doctors and nurses from administering a natural hormone to reverse the effects of the first step of a medically induced abortion, which the state has implemented in part because of safety concerns. In a ruling, U.S. District Judge Daniel Domenico ruled in part that, regardless of the interests of the state may have with the law, those interests cannot outweigh the plaintiff's interest in protecting their First Amendment rights. The case at hand is Bella Health and Wellness versus Weiser, in which Bella Health and Wellness sued Colorado Attorney General over Senate Bill 23190. In essence, the law prohibits offering or providing abortion reversal medications, and it took direct aim at pro-life medical centers in doing so. Bella Health filed a lawsuit back in April, arguing the bill targeted religious health care clinics. The district court soon after granted the organization emergency relief, and then the state agreed that it will not enforce the law until the litigation was resolved. Colorado now has 30 days to appeal the decision to the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. Well, with Halloween just under a week away, have you stocked up on your candy yet, Brenda? Have you stocked up no. on your candy? All right. Well, what will the trick-or-treaters be expecting come Tuesday night when they ring your doorbell? The website, CandyStore.com, has released its survey on the favorite candies across the country based on bulk sales. 
And the top candy nationally, any guess? Top candy nationally. The top candy nationally. Uh, how about the, mm, I would go with a Snickers, but I feel like that's kind of getting to older people. How about like a M&M's? Good guess. Not correct. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, oh, okay. number one. My kids love them. Oh, I know. Well, they're not alone. Yeah. Uh, obviously, nationally. Now, the top candy in Oregon sales? What is that? M&M's. M- it is M&M's. It is M&M's. Peanut That's or right. plain? It uh, doesn't say. It just says M&M's. Okay. Reese's came in number two mm-hmm. in Oregon. This one surprised me. I never would have guessed this. Washington State top spot goes to, I yeah, this... I guess so. I'm not going to argue with the survey. Any okay. idea? Uh, Skittles. No. Well, Tootsie Pops. No. Yeah, that's what they're saying. That ain't right. Tootsie there must Pops. have been a sale at the dollar store <laughs> or something. So. Well, nothing wrong with the Tootsie Pop. Nothing wrong at all with the Tootsie Pop, but that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I would go with Skittles because, you know, many fans would buy the Skittles, remember, and throw them during the, right. the Seattle yeah. games. Yeah. Skittles, not even the top three. So <laughs> Washington State, Tootsie Pops, one. Reese's, two. Third, saltwater taffy. What? Oh, maybe if you're down on the on the waterfront there, you would get a saltwater taffy. Washingtonians are so odd. I guess so, yes. <laughs> What's the wrong with them? Uh, according to the National Retail Federation, Halloween candy sales are expected to reach $3.6 billion this year. Of course it year. will. $3.6 billion. Think about candy. how much sugar that is. It's a lot of sugar. So there you go. Go out and buy your candy. I'm going to. This weekend. Yes. On November 18th, the Archdiocese of Seville will celebrate the beatification of 20 martyrs of the systematic religious persecution carried out during the 1936 Spanish Civil War. The 20 martyrs to be beatified in the Seville Cathedral by the Prefect of the Dicastery for the Causes of Saints include 10 priests, one seminarian, and nine laypeople. All of them were killed out of hatred for the faith in 1936. The Archbishop of Seville explained at a press conference announcing the upcoming beatification that it's a fact that we are called to live in a climate of faith, above all, to give thanks to God for the witness that these brothers of ours left us. The Archbishop of Seville also expressed his desire that the beatification of these 20 martyrs be an occasion of grace that revitalizes the faith of our Christian communities, making them places of justice, love, and peace. Also of coexistence and reconciliation because the martyrs are spiritual riches for everyone. And in sports, good midweek soccer contest on the bluff tonight is the 12th-ranked University of Portland men's soccer team host Gonzaga. West Coast Conference match gets started at 7 o'clock at Merlot Field. Pilots are 9-3 and overall and 2-1 and in conference play. Portland has not lost a home match in 26 straight outings. Pilots' nine wins through 12 matches are the most for Portland to this point since 2018. Portland Trailblazers open the regular season tonight. They are on the road at the Los Angeles Clippers. That tips off at 7.30. And it will be the Arizona Diamondback against the Texas Rangers in the Baseball World Series. Arizona beat Philadelphia 4-2 last night in Philly to advance to the series. 
At the end of his Wednesday general audience on October 25th, Pope Francis again turned his attention to the areas of conflict in the world, especially now in the Holy Land. As he announced last week, this Friday will be a day of prayer, fasting, and penance for peace. And today he said... I think always of the grave situation in Palestine and Israel. I encourage the release of the hostages and the entry of humanitarian aid in Gaza. I continue to pray for those who suffer and to hope for paths of peace in the Middle East, in beleaguered Ukraine and other regions affected by war. I remind you all that the day after tomorrow, Friday, October 27th, will be a day of fasting, prayer and penance at uh, in St. Peter's Square, we will gather to implore peace in the world. And local initiatives around the world are multiplying the answer of Pope Francis' call. Now today, October 25th, it is the Feast of Our Lady of Palestine, the patroness of dioceses that cover the Holy Land. Now as for the catechism and fasting, it says the interior penance of the Christian can be expressed in many and various ways. Scripture and the Father insists above all on three forms, fasting, prayer, and almsgiving, which express conversion in relation to oneself, to God, and to others. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And today at 1230 is a rosary for the faithful departed at Gethsemane Chapel in Happy Valley. Now, join Deacon David uh, Hammes to pray a rosary and litany of the faithful departed for your loved ones. Then at 2.30, he makes his way north to do a rosary for the faithful departed at Mount Calvary Mausoleum Chapel here in Portland. Again, he will pray the rosary and litany of the faithful departed. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And we'll have more from Dean Marine, Father Dan, right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. A sincere thank you from all of us at Mater Day Radio for making our recent fall share an inspiring success. We appreciate you uniting with us during this joy-filled event to be changed and revive hearts through Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. We're both humbled and grateful for all of Mater Dei Radio's benefactors, volunteers, guests, and donors, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, Jade Bistro and Patisserie, Catering by Suzanne, Chick-fil-A in Raleigh Hills, the Ladies of Christ the King Parish, St. Cecilia's Prayer Shawl Ministry, and the St. Thomas Aquinas Prayer Shawl Ministry. 
If you miss Mockerday Radio's Fall share Be Changed, you can still join this thankful celebration and make your gift now at MockerdayRadio.com or on the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you again for being a part of our vital mission of leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mockerday Radio. It is 8-11 here at Mater Day Radio. More rain falling today, and it's kind of foggy out, too, with that. And up in the mountains, they've got the first major snow of the year. Snow levels down to 3,500 feet. Valleys and coastal areas today, more scattered downpours and showers. And then the highs today, staying in the upper 40s, might hit 50 degrees mm, in some areas. Chilly. But yeah, it's not going to be a warm day. Overnight, those showers begin to break up, lows to 43 degrees. Then tomorrow, partly sunny, highs back to the lower 50s. It is 43 degrees at St. Edward's Church in Lebanon. And it is also 43 degrees at Sacred Heart Monastery in Castle Rock, Washington. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with Father Dan Petit. We've been discussing the latest apostolic exhortation, which is really a part two of the Laudato Si encyclical that came out just about eight years ago, released on the feast day of Pope Francis. And just getting a sense, it's a little bit of a lengthy document, as I mentioned, about 73 paragraphs, lots of footnotes. Uh, but, but Father Dan, actually, the opening of this One thing that caught my attention was that the Holy Father says he wanted to share with us about our suffering planet, my heartfelt concerns about the care for our common home. There's just kind of this aching that comes from his heart that eight years have passed. Now we can scientifically and we can in other ways see what's been going on that's affecting our planet, affecting human life, affecting relationships between this. Who are some of the people that should be hearing uh, this particular message? I think I think all people of goodwill need to hear the message, uh, because if you are of goodwill, I mean, what you are, what what maintains that goodwill is the is willing the good of others than yourself. I mean, that's what the source of goodwill is. And if you have that goodwill, that's why the Holy Father isn't solely appealing to Catholics here, because he has to speak to Catholics too, because, I mean, Catholics can tank and not have goodwill too, you know, and 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 malice can get in there. And of course, he does mention the Holy Father a couple of times where there can be malicious will and intent when we start to cheapen human life and that's not exercising goodwill um, and he's trying to elevate the conversation to a conversation among people of goodwill because we need more people of goodwill in the world to maintain and value human life and not cheapen it and think of it as expendable um, and one of the things, one of the practical things toward the end that even suggests is, and this is the first since the pontificate of Pope John the Twenty-Third. As far as I know, he was the first to call for this sort of international care for the common good, this international group or person, and it never becomes specified. And Pope Francis is the first one to finally specify that a little bit more since John the Twenty-Third, which was to say that we could have a multilateral world authority that would look after the common good instead of just one person. Because I think 
as he mentions with artificial intelligence in Laudate Deum, he does mention it concerns him that we're consolidating so much power into one small group of people with this onslaught of the growth of technology now moving into artificial intelligence. This concerns the Holy Father, too, because it begins to create a world according to the values, not of the living God, but of the technocrats at the core of this engine this that's running this whole thing. And he he's concerned about that, and he calls for this multilateral world body that would look after the common good of us all and not favor just these small groups of people that are the technocrats, you know. Right. And and you mentioned that word, and I noticed that in a few places. In fact, one of the topics, a growing technocratic paradigm, and that's repeated right. over and over in the document. And, and that's not a term that I'm as familiar with, but he really is continuing to bring out this, this presence that is growing and having a maybe unpack that terminology, technocratic paradigm, and what he may be referring to. Well, I think, you know, he does actually mention at one point artificial intelligence. In a way, that makes Laudate Deum really forward-looking, because what's coming and what's on the horizon, of course, is what they call AI, or artificial intelligence, which could lead to setting aside men and women in the workplace as unnecessary, which would mean livelihood could be suffering for a lot of people as a result of this technocratic revolution, whereby machines begin to do most of the work. And that means putting men and women out of work. So this is of concern as well with the automation and um, the ones controlling the the advancement of this technology, this artificial intelligence, they're the ones that are going to benefit the most from that, while a large group of people won't. You know, um, I remember already back, back in 2006, I was teaching at Franciscan University at the time, and I was over in Austria at our study abroad program, and we did a tour of a local brewing company company. And I remember in the tour, they had all these vats set up. And we went into this one control room of all these computers. And our guide told us he was so proud of the fact that these computers were regulating the brewing process of the entire plant to give us beer. And I remember thinking to myself, I didn't say it out loud, but I remember thinking to myself, I wonder how many people were put out of work because of this advancement in technology. And I, it was somewhat sobering. And I think the technocratic paradigm that is coming that the Pope is concerned about, I think, is just that. It, it, it doesn't really think of men and women who need jobs to have livelihood. It just continues to progress regardless of how it affects other people. And that is of concern to the Holy Father when he talks about this technocratic paradigm that could end up harming people. And what are going to be the ethics of this technocratic culture that we're coming into? What, what, what is God going to enter into that? Well, you know, that's a serious question. Mm -hmm. 
there's a lot of discussion at the close of this document, Father Dan. In fact, one of the highlights, the spiritual motivations in the light of faith. So then all of these different scientific um, presentations are in the document. And then he kind of comes back into filtering it through the lens of faith again. And then this yeah. is for the people of faith, that, that people of faith of any faith are going to have a caring for, that our faith is going to lead us to a proper way of of interacting with each other, but with the environment that we've been provided. Give us a little bit of practical hands-on, because this can be hard to approach for people to just digest this document, but then, okay, how do I apply this to my work, my family, the things that I'm doing in my own community? Well, I think the faith, what it delivers to us first and most fundamentally is we are loved. You know, uh, if you go through all the Gospels, you, you will never find in any of the Gospels the words, I love you, on the lips of Jesus. And the reason for that is simple. God didn't come among us in Christ to talk about his love for us. He came and proved his love for us, especially on Good Friday, because God is love. He proves his love to us. And see, our faith allows us to access and receive that great love God has for us. Well, there's no machine, however advanced, that will ever be able to love. There's no machine. It becomes a very cold, technocratic, calculating world. And see, love, if you look at it on Calvary, there's there's no calculation there. He's pouring everything out down to the last drops of blood and water in his body there's no calculation there, but there's only calculation in a technocratic paradigm. And there's no love. It's a cold world. And it's like, well, gee, faith really does give us something very important. And it delivers us over to this loving God from whom we're to learn how to treat one another in love. Well, and I think for those who have, and there's been so many study groups over the last eight years that have unpacked Laudato Si, now here's part two, those groups can come back together and start to go paragraph by paragraph and unpack. But I just want to read the last line because it really kind of sums up what you're saying. And and Pope Francis writes, praise God, which is the title of this, um, this letter, For when human beings claim to take God's place, they become their own worst enemies. That's his final message. That's powerful. That is powerful. And, and, And without love, you're not seeking the good of others. But no, we end up destroying each other then. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Right, right. Well, and I encourage people, I know it's very easy to download the document. The PDF is available through the Vatican website. We have access to it. So I, it is worth our read and and prayer. I think as we're praying for peace in the world right now, particularly the Holy Land and Ukraine always, uh, we need to pray for peace because that's when we'll make these decisions that will again uh, honor our creator and worship him as we should. So Father Dan, I want to thank you for spending some time with us today. We'll have more to unpack in our next discussion. Would you help us close with your prayer and blessing? Sure. Let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending us your Son, Jesus, and putting a face on your great love to us. We pray forever an increase in our faith and confidence in that love that we may learn to receive it and in turn share it with one another. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. May the blessed mighty God send upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Dan. Have a blessed day. Thanks. You too, and uh, Dean Marie. Good to see you. It is 823 here at Mater Day Radio. Another great conversation with our friend Dina Marie and Father Dan. Dina Marie Show, Faith Moments with Dina Marie. You can find under the standalone podcast at materdayradio.com. There she prepares you for the Sunday liturgy with her faith moments. And of course, you can also catch Dina Marie with Archbishop Alexander Sample on their show, Voice of the Shepherd that airs on Tuesday evenings, but you can also catch the podcast at the Hail Mary Media app, and you'll also access it on the Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 826 in Mater Day Radio and a surprise hurricane pounds Acapulco. We'll have the details in the news. And new details about the Evergreen High School lockdown are coming out. The situation much more perilous than first thought. I'll have that story for you coming up in four minutes. Here's Taylor Tripodi and Forgiven. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Each day I try to find something to heal these scars of mine, but I just can't find peace of mind. But I'm the fool to be so blind Cause when I look upon the cross 
Taylor Tripodi and Forgiven. It is 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. New data from the Vatican shows that Africa added the greatest number of Catholics in 2021 out of all the continents and that all the world's continents registered at least a modest increase in the number of Catholics in 2021 except for Europe, which continued a years-long decline. The annual report released October 22nd by the Vatican's Fide News Agency on the occasion of World Mission Sunday covers the one-year time period of December 31st, 2020 to 2021. Catholics in the world numbered 1,375,000,000 852,000 people at the end of 2021, with an overall increase of 16.2 million compared to the previous year. And the African continent gained about 40 million people in that time frame studied. 8.3 million are Catholic. And the world's percentage of Catholics decreased very slightly compared to the previous year, standing at 17.67 in 2021, as opposed to 17.7 from the previous mm. year. That's interesting. I, I'm wondering in Africa if it's particular countries, like there's a grouping of countries. I don't know. But Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I, I would venture to say that probably, yes, they have those statistics as yeah. to each country, but it is a, a country where the faith is most mm. definitely growing. Well, Hurricane Otis has slammed into Acapulco in southern Mexico earlier this morning after the storm rapidly intensified into a Category 5 just before landfall and gave officials and residents little time to prepare. Otis strengthened from a tropical storm to an extremely dangerous Cat 5 hurricane in just 12 hours, 
before hitting Acapulco as the strongest storm on record in the area and the Pacific coast of Mexico. The sudden burst of power gave people little time to prepare and get to safety as Otis bore down on Acapulco, a popular tourist destination that's also a permanent home to roughly 800,000 people. As Otis kept strengthening as it neared the coast, forecasters at the National Hurricane Center warned that a nightmare scenario is unfolding. There are no hurricanes on record even close to this intensity for this part of Mexico, the Hurricane Center said late Tuesday. So, yeah, really just, Mm. it just, I mean, 12 hours it went from a tropical storm to category category 5. Yeah, wow. Uh, I wonder if the the El Nino warming waters may have contributed to that soon. But, David, I was showing you, now as the sun is coming up, they're starting to see some of the damage, and it looks pretty extensive. A spokesperson for Evergreen Public Schools confirmed Tuesday afternoon that the teenage suspect arrested with a firearm on school grounds Thursday was in fact a student at Evergreen High School and that he had been in the school building before the shooting Thursday. Parents and community members in Evergreen are criticizing the district's communication of information on Thursday and in the days that followed a shooting in the McKenzie Stadium parking lot, which forced prolonged lockdowns at Evergreen High School and Cascade Middle School. Nobody was injured. A release shared by Vancouver Police Department on Thursday afternoon previously said the suspect was arrested and not believed to be a student at the school. Information shared by the school district as lockdowns began had not specified where the shooting had taken place. As the scene unfolded, though, some parents said they were relying on information from their children regarding what really happened and that emails from the school district obscured what had happened and whether it was on school grounds. Initial communication from the school district said they believe the shooter was not an Evergreen High School student. In fact, he was. The 16-year-old student was arrested on suspicion of first-degree assault, second-degree unlawful possession of a firearm, and possession of a deadly weapon on school Mm. grounds. Lots of correspondence, of course, going back and forth on social media. Many parents are calling for a permanent placement of an officer, a Vancouver police officer, on the school. And, yeah, it, it, it just... Kids know. Yeah, they the word gets around, and the kids are knowing all of the details. Uh, I had so many questions, like how did a teen get a hold of a handgun? Yeah, like that. And he was in fact carrying that handgun. in the school. Mm, Scary. Well, dozens of states, including Oregon and Washington, sued Instagram parent Meta on Tuesday, accusing the social media giant of harming young users' mental health through allegedly addictive features such as infinite news feeds and frequent notifications that demand users' constant attention. In a federal lawsuit filed in California by 33 attorneys general, the states allege that Meta's products have harmed minors and contributed to a mental health crisis in the U.S., In regards to the lawsuit, New York Attorney General Letitia James said Meta has profited from children's pain by intentionally designing its platforms with manipulative features that make children addicted to their platforms while lowering their self-esteem. Meanwhile, Meta says it is working to provide teens with safe and positive online experiences and is providing dozens of tools to do so. 
One suspect has been arrested after Oregon State University reported Tuesday afternoon a bomb threat related to its robot food delivery system. The robots were isolated to a safe location where a technician inspected them and no explosive devices were found, according to a news release. Around 1.40 p.m., OSU tweeted that the emergency is over and people can resume normal activities while the robots are being inspected. The university had advised everyone on campus to avoid the robots and not to open them. The robots now wheel themselves around campus delivering food orders to students, staff, or faculty who order food on the Starship app. OSU tweeted around 1 p.m. that the robots were being remotely isolated in a safe location and a technician began investigating them soon after. Have you ever seen these? No, yeah. they have pictures of yeah. them. They're fantastic. The food, it looks like it, it stores in a top compartment. Right. Uh, and and it just kind of wheels itself yeah. around. They have, they look like little white capsules that have an antenna on them and they'll be behind you and you're like, oh, excuse me get out of their way and they just continue on and if they they'll stop like they have something on there like a light that'll you know hit whatever uh-huh. shows them oh, I need to stop and go this way and they go across the street it's it's wild uh, that is fantastic i wonder how it knows i mean like to wait for cars yeah, to no, pass or something it's amazing that's fantastic Hey, the new look Portland Trailblazers open the regular season tonight on the road at the Los Angeles Clippers. Tip-off at 7.30, televised on Root Sports. Of course, Blazers will be without their longtime all-star guard, Damian Lillard, who was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks just days before the preseason got underway. Portland opens the regular season at home on Friday evening against the Orlando Magic. And Corbin Carroll went three for four with two RBIs and two runs scored. And the Arizona Diamondbacks advanced to the World Series for the first time in 22 years Tuesday night by stunning the Philadelphia Phillies 4-2 in Game 7 on the NL Championship Series in Philadelphia. Arizona will play the Texas Rangers in the all-wild card World Series. No one saw it coming, that is for sure. Game 1 set for Friday night at Globe Life Field. In their only other trip to the Fall Classic, the Diamondbacks won a seven-game thriller against the New York Yankees in 2001. At his last general audience, Pope Francis called for a day of fasting and prayer on this coming Friday. One woman who has responded to the Pope's call is Teresa Rodriguez, the founder of an initiative called the Rosary Team, in which volunteers pray the rosary with elder care facility residents. Now, Rodriguez has asked the Rosary Team volunteers to offer this week's rosaries for the Pope's intention when praying at the various facilities they serve. She is also encouraging everyone to visit a loved one in assisted living facilities to pray the rosary with them. Rodriguez told Alatea, Praying with residents who are sometimes forgotten in assisted living residents has tremendous spiritual impact on the lives of both the residents and volunteers. The Rosary Team volunteers minister to resident souls and in return receive an abundance of joy. Now, this initiative began in 2019 when Teresa was working as a hospice nurse in a memory care facility located in Colorado. Along with her patients and their families and caregivers, Rodriguez began to recognize spiritual needs that were not being met within the system. 
Prayer and reflections led her to found the rosary team, which she dedicated to Our Lady and to her mother, Marion, who prayed the rosary with Rodriguez and her four brothers every day when growing up. Well, now that volunteer uh, network of rosary prayers became three days a week, and then the initiative spread to other facilities. They now have 230 volunteers serving 100 locations. Now, that rosary team is expanding into other states and in the near future, hopefully more and more. Now, she believes that Pope Francis' call to pray for peace this Friday is a reminder that the need for prayer, particularly through the rosary, is urgent and universal. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Sunday at 2 o'clock is Chesterton Academy of the Willamette Valley Open House in Mount Angel, Oregon. Chesterton Academy of the Willamette Valley is having an open house and invites all prospective students and families to attend, as well as those who wish to know more about the mission of this joyful classical high school in the Catholic tradition. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. So you said we have a clip from Voice of the Shepherd we're going to share with you on Catholic education. We'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. There is one thing in our lives over which we have complete control, forgiveness. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Jesus gave us the power to forgive when he poured out the Holy Spirit on us on the day of his resurrection. But we must decide to forgive, acknowledging the wrong done and seek to set it right. Life, according to the rule of St. Benedict, can remind us that forgiveness does not mean being friends with the one I forgive. To forgive demands simply that I unbind that person from any claims of vengeance and that I ask God to do the same. In that way, two people are set free, the one who forgives and the one who is forgiven. For your free copy of the rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. We have all been hurt or wronged by someone. Are we ready to make the decision to forgive that person, or at least to ask God to make us ready one day? Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Catholic Charities of Oregon, answering Pope Francis' call to charity. Since 1933, Catholic Charities has been putting faith into action by serving the poorest and most vulnerable in our community. Services promote life and help families thrive. Catholic Charities program information at catholiccharitiesoregon.org. This is Dina Marie, host of The Voice of the Shepherd, inviting you to join me on my weekly podcast, Faith Moments with Dina Marie, where I proclaim and ponder the Sunday Mass readings, a perfect way to enhance your study of sacred scripture. My Faith Moments podcast is found on your favorite podcast platform or on the Hail Mary Media app. It's easy to download and absolutely free. Check it out today. The Faith Moments with Dina Marie podcast made available thanks to Matrone Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 
And it is 844 at Monterey Radio. Well, it's going to be a damp, chilly day today. Damp, chilly day. How about that? That's autumn for you right there. Of course. 46 degrees right now, and that's about your high. It's like 47, I think, is the high today. It, so. It's only going to drop a few degrees to overnight lows. Yeah, I know. 20% chance of rain overnight tonight, low of 42, and then 20% chance of showers for Thursday, high of 52. This is going to start clearing up towards Friday, Saturday, but the overnight lows down in the 30s. Currently, it is 48 degrees at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in Vancouver. And 45 degrees at St. James Church in McMinnville. This week on his program, The Voice of the Shepherd, our Archbishop Alexander Sample talks about the role and the mission of Catholic schools in our archdiocese. Here's a portion of his show last night. We need to realize the fact that most of the young people uh, in our parishes are not in our schools. You know, and, and that's why, you know, we need to place great emphasis there as well. And that's one of the goals here, by the way, is, is to strengthen the role of the pastor in this regard. I want the pastors, and I've shared this with them. I shared it with them at convocation. I've shared it with them in, in other fora uh, as we prepare to make these changes. I've been in consultation and prayer and discernment for a long time over these issues. But one of the things I want to do is strengthen the role of the pastor who you know, if it's a true parochial school. Now, our high schools, which are, you know, not truly parochial schools, um, and we have a couple of other schools that are that are interparochial, but for the most part, our, our elementary middle schools are parochial schools associated with the parish. And I want the role of the pastor to be clear and highlighted that that's part of his fatherhood, that's part of his pastoral care for his parish community. He is really, obviously, we have principals, presidents of our schools that you know do all the the heavy lifting, so to speak, and and are the uh, the educated and the experts in, in in these areas. But but the pastor is the true spiritual leader of the school, and 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 the pastor is the true uh, leader of the school, uh, and and that that's another role that I want to to strengthen in this sort of reconfiguration of how we do things. But the pastor, as you mentioned, also has to be responsible for these other areas of education and different ways that our young people are educated in the faith. You know, the reality is we have all sorts of different ways that parents are having their children educated today. You know, some are are in our parochial schools. Some are in our interparochial schools. Some of them are in our high schools. Some of them are in some of the independent schools that are out there in a Catholic model. Some of those are are of a a more classical model of education. Some of them are homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And uh, our parishes are offering religious education, CCD, we used to call it, uh, formation, catechesis for, for young people. All of these are different avenues by which education is imparted to our young people in an environment of faith. But uh, what needs to be emphasized is the role of the parents. The parents are the primary educators of their children in faith. You know, the church has been so strong on this point and keeps emphasizing this point over and over and over again, that the primary responsibility for the education of children is the parents. And that comes especially in in the role of handing on the gift of faith. And so we also need to be working with our families and our parents and strengthening them and tooling them and and, and training them and forming them in their role. Because quite honestly, I think many of them would would readily take up that role, want to take up that role, but don't know how. Mm -hmm. Because maybe their formation hasn't been the best in terms of their their faith. And I, I see that all the time. Parents who 
just did not receive an adequate catechesis growing up in the faith and a formation in the faith and a formation in a relationship with Jesus Christ, a formation in a life of prayer and spirituality. So you can't give what you don't have. And so I don't want to like put all this heavy burden on parents and say, hey, this is your job, and then leave them out there you know, on their own without any support, help, formation themselves. So we need to strengthen the role of parents to be the primary educators of their children in the ways of the faith. Our Catholic schools should supplement what is happening in the home, not replace what's happening in the home, but supplement it in, in an intensive way so that as their children are being educated in all subject areas, in, including you know the secular topics, uh, they're they're being in, educated in an environment of faith in the school where where it's not. I don't want our schools to be you know just educational institutions with a Catholic veneer on them, a facade. You know, I don't. It, it's not just about you know hanging crucifixes and holy pictures in the classrooms and having mass once a week. You know, it's it's the whole culture of the school has to be deeply, deeply immersed. In, in Catholic culture, Catholic life, Catholic faith, Catholic morals, Catholic ethics, modeled by principals and administrators and teachers and staff. So, you know, it's, this is the whole, the whole vision that I think we just need to get very serious about. If we don't, you know, I just fear that we're, we're going we're gonna to lose uh, generations of young people if we, if we don't get serious about really forming them and their young, their beautiful young minds and hearts to come to know the love of the Lord and, 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 and the faith. You know, I, I think what needs to be, what I need to keep reminding myself or be reminded of is that as the bishop, as the local shepherd, as the spiritual father of the whole church, the catechesis and the evangelization and the faith formation of the faithful is my primary responsibility. This is a responsibility that, that lays on my shoulders as, as the shepherd of this local church, as the pastor of this local church in Western Oregon. Of course, I need uh, many, 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 many to, to help me and to delegate much of that task. But I want to oversee this. This, is, this goal of really uh, re-energizing, reforming, renewing, however, whatever words we want to put to it, revisioning uh, Catholic education is one of my top priorities for the rest of the time that God gives me here as, as Archbishop of Portland. And uh, so, uh, you know, we just need to get very serious about this. And it needs some, it needs some coordination at the archdiocesan level. Uh, so it's not that I'm abdicating responsibility at the archdiocesan level. I just want to give it a different, a different look, a different focus, a different direction, a different emphasis, uh, letting go. And, and quite honestly, I've got the vision uh, so to speak, as, as to what I want to see, how we get there. I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to continue to unfold that, quite honestly, and, and through Elias coming on board uh, and his family moving here. And, you know, he's going to have to take the lead on this under my direction. You know, he's going to have to, and he's, and he's already said, the first thing he wants to do is come here and just get to know us. You know, he needs to get to know the local church. He needs to get to know the people. He needs to get to know the principals and the teachers and, and the priests, especially, so that he can he can begin to to build uh, something that that will take us in the direction that we want to go. But someone said said to me recently, you know, that the Lord, the Lord doesn't. And I've learned this. It's a hard lesson to learn for somebody like me that's a little bit, uh, you know, likes things very organized. You know, the Lord, the Holy Spirit doesn't always show us the whole plan. He doesn't show us the the final product. He doesn't show us the the whole picture. He just shows us the next step. 
And we just keep having to take that next step in faith. You know, there's a line from the Psalms that says, you know, Lord, you know, be a light for my steps, not a light for the whole road, just a light for my steps. Help me to see the next step. I believe, quite honestly, that, you know, the discernment, the time, the consultation that has gone into this new direction over time, it's been in development actually for for some years, in my mind at least, started years ago uh, and has slowly developed this way. I just think the Holy Spirit is, is, is guiding this. And I quite honestly, I'll just say, I think the, the fact that, that we're able to get this new leader to come to join us here, uh, Elias and his family, is a, is a work of the Holy Spirit. I'm just looking forward to that next step that, that the Lord will show us because he'll, he'll, he'll get us there if we remain faithful to him and trusting him and surrendering, you know, really mm-hmm. to him. And that is a portion of Voice of the Shepherd with our Archbishop Alexander Sample. Now, if you want to hear that entire uh, show, please go to matradayradio.com. Right on the front page, you're going to find Voice of the Shepherd, and you'll hear that most recent show. You're also going to access that show and listen to it today on the Hail Mary Media app. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Alex Nelson, Stewardship and Development Officer of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. Archbishop Alexander Sample invites you to attend a special pilgrimage to Rome to visit the heart of the church and celebrate vocations to the priesthood and religious life. This 11-day pilgrimage from September 25th through October 5th, 2024, will include stops in Siena, Florence, Assisi, and Orvieto. Pilgrims will experience private guided tours and have the opportunity to visit magnificent churches, holy places, museums, and Roman ruins. Pilgrims will also get to attend the diaconate ordination of American seminarians at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome with Archbishop Sample presiding, a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. For more information, visit our website, archdpdx.org slash rome archdpdx.org slash Rome. Thank you and God bless you. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Matraday Radio. It's good to the very last drop, the morning blend on Matraday Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 
And it is 8.56 at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast this morning. Showers throughout the day today. Going to be a chilly day. High of just 47. 20% chance of rain overnight tonight. Low of 42. And then for Thursday, 20% chance of showers. A high of 52. It's currently 48 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Steve Angrizano. May your kingdom come. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Steve Agrizano and may your kingdom come. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into the morning blend today. David and Blend David and Blenda. Blenda, that's David me. and Blenda with you. <laughs> David and Brenda with you. Thank you so much. And uh, try to stay warm today. It's chilly. It is a chilly day it, for it sure. Is, yeah. I got my coat on already. All right. That is going to wrap it up for us on the morning blend. It is Wednesday. That means Miriam Marston will be blazing the trail this evening at 7:30. You can also catch her podcast on materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Have a blessed day.